0: in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With the exception of the account of the creation of the world which took place before humanity's fall into sin, the three other Old Testament prophecies which we heard this evening depict an act of God's work of delivering his people from death and evil. In each mighty deed of deliverance, the Lord shows forth his presence not only by delivering his people, but also by giving them a visible sign of his presence with them. For Noah, this sign comes after the flood waters subside, and the sign is in the form of a rainbow. It served Noah as a sign that God would never again flood the earth, but it also proclaimed God's continued presence with Noah time he saw the rainbow, he would know that God was keeping true to his word and preserving him from calamity by water. For the Israelites at the Red Sea, the sign was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. This indeed was the presence of the Lord of hosts, leading them through the Red Sea out of Egypt. And this... of pillar of cloud and fire also went behind them to ward off the Egyptian army as Israel passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. The cloud would continue to lead them through the wilderness for the next 40 years and was itself the glory of God, which filled the tabernacle and dwelled among them. For the three young men in the fiery furnace The sign of God's presence and grace with them was the one who stood in the furnace with them, the one whose appearance was like the Son of God and who was protecting them from the flames. God came to the three young men who were gathered in the midst of the furnace and dwelt among them to bring them his deliverance. Indeed, in each of these three cases, The deliverance of God was great and magnificent. He delivered Noah, the people of Israel, and the three young men from the clutches of evil and showed forth his great might to the multitude of unbelievers. But what was more important than the deliverance, the physical deliverance, that is, in all these three readings was that God was present with his people. For it is his gracious presence among them which bestowed and strengthened their faith, forgave their sins, and opened for them the door to heaven. And this is why God's gracious presence was much greater than the physical deliverance. To be sure, God would have been present with them without the signs. He is present everywhere, even among his people. But our Lord knows that our frail flesh is prone to doubt, and so He gives us these signs as a superabundant measure of His grace, so that we might be protected from falling into unbelief and despair. And this is why those women who first went to the tomb and saw it empty were so downtrodden, and why they were so afraid, even after after their interaction with that young man. The preaching of that man in the white robe should have convinced them that Christ was raised from the dead and that should have brought them joy and peace. The empty spot where he was laying should have brought to their attention the promise of Jesus that he would rise again on the third day. But following that interaction, they were so afraid that they said nothing to no one. This is because that there was a void, at least in their hearts. Jesus was absent. And this was testified by that empty burial spot. The empty cross, the empty tomb weren't enough for them. They needed the presence of Jesus. And that is exactly what he went on to give them. He appeared to them first to Mary Magdalene, then to the other women. This calmed their hearts, this granted them joy, this gave them peace. For when the resurrected Jesus appears to them, he gives them the peace of sins forgiven. This was indeed the night when Christ passed over from death to life, and the night in which he brings us with him. And it is in that joy that they have been delivered from death to life that the women go to the disciples to proclaim to them the resurrection. Our Lord does the same thing for us. He grants us signs of his presence with us, of his resurrection, signs which grant us forgiveness and life. It is interesting, I frequently see Lutherans, especially on the internet, arguing about whether empty crosses or crucifixes are better. Some say that the empty cross is a sign that Jesus is raised from the dead. Others say that the empty tomb is a better symbol for the resurrection of Jesus than the empty cross. But the best testimony of Jesus' resurrection is that the resurrected Christ dwells with us. Not merely in pictures or in symbols, but he dwells with us in a tangible way that we perceive through the senses in the means of grace. And the great vigil of Easter for which we are gathered here this evening throws this right in our face and will not let us deny it. If we didn't believe in the means of grace, God's word and the sacraments, this service would be empty and pointless. In the first place, God gives us the sign of his holy word. We hear the proclamation of the word of God this evening through the four Old Testament prophecies. We heard it in the reading of the gospel. We hear it in the divine liturgy and even in this preaching. Through this word, the risen Jesus himself speaks and preaches to us. The prophecies proclaim the coming of the resurrection and the great deliverance from sin, death, and the devil brought about when Christ burst burst forth from the tomb. In the second place, we remembered our baptism. The fact that we administer this sacrament, which Christ instituted after he rose from the dead, is testimony enough that Christ is raised from the dead. But even more than that, baptism is a seal of Christ's resurrection which is placed right upon us on our very flesh. For those of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death in order that we might be raised from the dead even as Christ is raised from the dead. And in the third place, the resurrected Christ dwells with us with his body and blood in the sacrament of the altar. There from the altar, he gives us his body and blood, which he gave on the cross for our redemption. But that body and blood are no longer dead. It is the body and it is the blood of the risen Christ, which we eat and drink in the Lord's Supper. So let us give thanks and praise to our gracious Lord and Master this night. He has not only died and risen for our sins, but he has given us these marvelous signs that we might the more firmly believe in his resurrection. In these signs, he really and truly dwells with us to forgive us and to strengthen our faith. With these signs, he leaves no room for doubt in his faithful, that he is risen from the dead. May God grant us always to trust in his marvelous deliverance from sin and death, which he undertook through the resurrection. And may he grant that we would cling to these signs as a token thereof. Alleluia, Christ is risen.